You're listening to Legal Work, a weekly podcast offering legal advice to students, recorded from the 88.1 WKNC production room on the campus of North Carolina State University. My name is Colleen Keenan Ferguson, and I'm the podcast manager for WKNC. Legal Work is my effort to help educate young adults like myself who may be misinformed about how the law works in specific cases and under specific circumstances. What are my rights while stopped at a police checkpoint? Can I refuse a search? Can I dispute a drinking ticket? How do I get my security deposit back from a landlord? How do I hire a lawyer? Today's topic deals with the rights of an individual stopped by the police while driving. If you're stopped, either while driving or at a police checkpoint, what rights do you have? Do you have to exit your vehicle? Can they search your car? And under what conditions? I sat down with Pam Gerace, director of NC State Student Legal Services, to talk about it. If you have any pressing legal concerns, please contact a lawyer. But if you're just wondering how the law works to better prepare yourself for the future, please send any discussion topics you'd like us to cover to podcast at wknc.org. Say you're driving and you get pulled over by the police. How typically should you respond? First of all, you do have to stop. If you don't stop, you know, you could get a, uh, a citation or an arrest for eluding arrest. You do have the right to try to go to some reasonable place. In other words, you don't have to just stop in the middle of the road, pull to the side or side street, but it has to be a reasonable amount of time. But yes, you must stop. Once you're stopped, you stay in your car because one of the factors that the courts will look at is whether the officer perceived there was any safety concerns for them. So if you just hop out of the car when it stops, you start reaching into your glove compartment or your console before the officer has approached or had an opportunity to talk to you, that could be perceived as a safety threat and that could be some issues. So you wanna make sure you stop and then you wanna make sure your hands are visible so there's no question. And then you wait and let the officer go ahead and, and do their stop or ask their questions or do whatever they're going to do. And along those lines, yes, you do have to identify yourself. You are required um, in North Carolina to produce your driver's license. So we're talking about a traffic stop. You are required to produce your driver's license when asked, so you have to identify who you are. And the officer does have the right to check your registration and insurance. Those are valid reasons for a traffic stop, uh, and you do have to cooperate. However, having said that, there are certain things you don't have to do. You don't have to answer any questions beyond answering who you are. Uh, or presenting the materials that the officer asks. You do, however, have to get out of the car if you're asked to get out of the car. Again, a lot of those cases will deal with safety issues of the officer if they perceive. It's, It's what they perceive. You may know you're not a threat, but they may not know that, and so it's based on on their reasonable suspicion or what they think there's any safety issues and so it's going to depend on on how the traffic stop just unfolds as to what you have to do if the driver is pulled over are they legally required to roll down their window they will have to roll down their window i'm not saying all the way down i'm not sure there's any cases on that but yes they can be asked to roll down their window and not just talk through the glass and obviously one of the reasons is the officer will want that would be able to see if they smell the odor of alcohol we've had cases where we have students that um, vape and that has a whole lot of smoke and so the officers are always suspicious of that but yeah you would need to roll down your window at least partially to be able to speak to the officer 
if a driver is stopped by an officer, does the officer have the right to detain them and or search their vehicle? And if so, under what conditions? The officers have a right to detain for a normal traffic stop if, if that's why they stop them, if they have a reasonable suspicion. And it could be uh, anything from a moving violation to a non-moving violation. So if the officer sees you driving down the street and you don't have your seatbelt, you know, you didn't uh, operate the car incorrectly, but you weren't doing a safety feature that you were supposed to be doing. So um, it doesn't have to necessarily be just things that you're doing wrong with the car. Moving violations are anything to do with how you operate the vehicle, basically, and those normally will result in insurance points. Most traffic violations are also, let me make this distinction, most traffic violations are what we call infractions, and that is not a criminal record specifically is indicated in the statutes that it does not count as a criminal record. You are able to be stopped for a moving or a non-moving. A non-moving violation is when it has to do with the vehicle itself or some safety equipment. No headlights, no taillights, mufflers, and things like that. Um, but uh, the officers are allowed to stop for, for any, of, uh, any of those reasons. Officers are also allowed to stop when they are checking, and when they stop, they can check the driver's license to see if it's current and if it belongs to you. They check the registration to see if it's current and, you know, again, if it's reported stolen, and that's a whole other line of questioning, but, and to make sure that you have insurance, because in North Carolina, it's actually a misdemeanor not to have current insurance. They routinely can stop for things other than just how you're driving and speeding and, and those kind of things. They can detain you. It can get gray as to how long they can detain you and as to whether it can go beyond the original reason that they stopped you. There's been some recent cases where uh, it indicates that the, the detention cannot extend beyond what a normal, ordinary traffic stop would be. So if they stop you because you were speeding or they stop you because the license plate expired or something like that, they can't hold you for an hour and a half while they run every check in the world and they wait to get a you know a sniffing dog in or any of those kind of things specifically there's a lot of new cases out that the officers can't detain you beyond what is a normal traffic stop unless they have evidence or they have a reasonable suspicion that a crime has been committed so they saw you drinking and driving okay that's beyond you know a, just the normal traffic stop and they may be able to stop and investigate to see other bottles in the car or, or things like that so they're allowed to detain it depends on the totality of the circumstances how long they can detain and how far from the original stop they can they can try to investigate they always usually can search incident to an arrest. So if you have a DWI uh, or you've been arrested for a hit and run or, or something like that, uh, they always can search the car for that. They have the right to search a car even if you're not arrested because an infraction is not an arrest. But they have the right to search the car if they uh, believe that their safety is in danger. And a lot of the cases will deal with how the person acted. So if they're jerky or if they are hide, they look like they're hiding something and they do sudden actions. If they're nervous, there's a lot of different totality of circumstances that could lead to them possibly thinking there may be a safety issue. Now, having said that, 
there are cases that just being nervous isn't enough. So I want you to understand it has to be more than just that because everybody's usually nervous around an officer. So it's going to have to have some other type of activity that's probably present before, you know, they, it means that they uh, have the right to just stop and say they can search because of that. Uh, we have a lot of students that get alcohol tickets. With the alcohol tickets, the officers could possibly, uh, depending on if they actually saw the student or person drinking, they might be able to search to see if they you know, saw the bottle, if they can find it. Most of the time, however, it's plain view. So if it's plain view, I mean, it's on the, sitting there on the floor, or it's in the console or in the side pockets, uh, sorry, side pockets of the uh, car. They don't need a search warrant. They don't need any of those kind of things because it's, it's, they observed the criminal activity and saw then the evidence of that criminal activity. Um, and with pot, odor um, is enough to be probable cause for an officer to believe that a crime has occurred. And a lot of times what they will do is ask the students to exit the car and sit on the curb so that they are free to search. You have the right, if asked, that you don't consent to a search. And as a matter of fact, we would probably tell most of the students when asked to say you don't consent. Now, that does not mean that you do anything to stop the search then you could get obstruction, you could get assault. There's a, there's a lot of different things. You may not agree with what the officer's doing, but you don't want to sit there and at that point do anything other than cooperate. You need to voice that you don't agree with it, and then you can bring up in court, I didn't agree, I did not consent. That doesn't mean that the search won't happen. It doesn't mean that the search would not have been allowed. Again, that's where you get to that reasonable suspicion and what did the officers see and what were the circumstances. We would tell students that, you know, just don't consent and then politely and then then you can bring that up at a later, you know, a later time. And the same thing we would say with with answering questions. We would strongly say do not answer questions. Whenever we have students that get stopped, for instance, for a DWI, one of the routine questions or one of the questions the officer will ask, where did you come from? Have you had anything to drink tonight? It would be really smart not to answer that question. It is not obstruction of justice. It is not obstructing an officer if you don't answer those questions. You're only required to give the ID, and you can politely refuse and just say, I'm sorry, I would like to exercise my right not to answer questions. And, and another thing, when we mentioned detention, I would suggest that the student say, am I free to go? And that might be able to be used at a later time if they weren't free to leave. Now, the cases are pretty clear that the officer can ask the people in the car to sit on the curb or, you know, to exit the car while they search or do, or do whatever. That does not mean that they're under arrest. And so they could ask, are they free to leave? But the officers are allowed to detain for purposes of making sure their safety is okay. Our concern that we see with students is they just start talking. And they volunteer things, and they need to not do that. Miranda does not apply when you volunteer information. It applies when you're in a custodial situation and you're asked questions by the officer. Do NC State police officers have any limitations that City of Raleigh police officers might not have? Are there any real differences between the two? The only limitation uh, they might have is what we call their jurisdiction, which is their geographic area. So when we have NCSU police officers, that means usually on NCSU property. 
they'll touch all the areas that touch NCSU. So they may be able to go like a mile beyond NCSU to some of the apartment complexes and things like that. Uh, but they can arrest and do anything that a, that a you know, normal, regular police officer would do because that's actually what they are. Basically, you have to respect them as police officers and treat them as police officers because that's what they are. And so um, you have to abide by their requests. Now, the other thing, too, is for NCSU students, under your code of conduct, you have some things that you have to do that a regular person in the real world wouldn't necessarily have to do. For instance, if you were walking on campus and a uh, NCSU police officer wanted you, you to show identification, you don't get to say, I don't have to do that. You have to, under your code of conduct, the, the regular uh, statutes for everybody else in North Carolina don't say that you necessarily have to do that. Again, it would depend on the circumstances, but routinely the officers can't just start walking up to you know strange strangers and say, I want your ID, I want your ID. But here on the NCSU campus, a, uh, a NCSU police officer can ask for identification and you actually have to produce it according to the code of conduct. Can the driver refuse a breathalyzer test? Driver can always refuse a breathalyzer test. However, there will be some severe consequences for doing that. They will automatically lose their driving privileges uh, for a year. And, and you don't have a breathalyzer result to argue in court to say I really was not at the legal level or above the legal level. It is automatic. With a refusal, it is automatic. You can request a limited driving privilege, usually six months in, um, and, and see if you're allowed to have a, a limited driving privilege. But um, it has, I mean, and it doesn't matter whether you were drunk or not. If you refused, you lose your license. What are the rights of the, if there's a passenger in the car, can the passenger refuse a breathalyzer test, or would that even come up? The pa well, the officer can ask for it, but it has no bearing on anything because they're not driving. So there's not a crime unless they were going to do drunken disorderly, and they don't need to do a, a breathalyzer test for that. They can base that on uh, outward manifestations of just how they're acting and, and that kind of thing. Because a DWI is a whole nother topic, but I, I will just generally say on the DWI aspect of this, you don't ever even have to blow on a breathalyzer to be found guilty of a DWI. The only thing I, I would tell students is, even if you don't agree, even if you think the officer's wrong, even if you think they're out of line, it does not mean you get to resist. You still need to cooperate. You're not forced to answer questions, so you don't have to do that. Um, but if the officer asks you to leave the car, you don't sit there and refuse to do that because refusing to abide by an officer's order is resisting arrest, and you could be charged separately for that. Um, and then you always have the right, if you really think the officer is out of line or something like that, you can always file a complaint with Internal Affairs. And we suggest that if students really feel that, that they may want to consider that because it doesn't mean the officer's going to get, you know, get fired, but you don't know if that officer may have a history. And so there may be several complaints in a file, and this may be the last one that they need in order to possibly discipline or do something like that. Because you don't want an officer out there that's, that's either not doing things correctly or, or something like that. So, but yeah, understand disagreeing is one thing, but resisting and obstructing is another thing. So stick to your 
rights. Don't answer questions. You don't have to do any of those kind of things. You don't have to consent to the search. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but then you can possibly use that later if a violation occurred. My name is Pam Gerace, and I'm the director of University Student Legal Services. And when I'm not providing services to students, I'm listening to 88.1.